This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, education is returning in a variety of forms this month, whether it be online, in person, or a mix of the two. There has been great concern of the numbers of cases rising as students went back to class. We've seen that uh, that at the university level and a couple of instances at the uh, grade school and high school level. So is there a right formula or has COVID made this kind of a take it day by day scenario? We ask that and more of Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, who joins us right now. Secretary DeVos, thank you for your time today. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing well, Dan. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So give us, I, I guess, start by the, giving us the 30,000-foot view from the airplane about where you see the education sector right now, obviously having to deal with this pandemic and try and reopen schools. Well, clearly, uh, parents and students are very interested in getting back to school and, uh, and, and you know, most of them to do so in person. And um, we have continued to uh, encourage all of the local districts and communities to look at the best way to do that for their constituents. And, um, and we know that, you know, we know that kids can, can, go, can go back to school safely if, uh, if the proper precautions are taken. And, uh, and, and also if there uh, is preparation for the event where you might have to pivot and um, perhaps have a classroom, uh, be home for a while, schooling from home, you know, there, there is no one size fits all, one right answer. And the other day I had a great opportunity to visit a school uh, north of Atlanta in Forsyth County, uh, Forsyth Central. They had done a tremendous job of really working with their families and uh, understanding what parents wanted and kids wanted. They have uh, gone back and they've been in, in session for a couple of weeks. Uh, about 70% of their students are back for in-person instruction and about 30% have opted to uh, learn at a distance. And so, uh, you know, the, the, the lesson here is um, that educators and education leaders need to be ready to really meet the needs of parents and students where they are and be ready to pivot um, on a moment's notice if, if, the, if the health situation necessitates it. You know, the the growth of COVID cases at several universities, I think, is disheartening for a lot of people because the hope was to have colleges open as much as possible. But it seems like the social component of kids being on campus is going to make that a hard thing to, to continue to pull off. Yes. And of course, we're talking about two different uh, two different situations between K-12 education and higher education. And I, I think, you know, it is a challenge for uh colleges and universities, if, uh, if students don't take personal responsibility for their own behavior, um, you know, the ones that don't are going to sort of ruin it for the rest of them. And the places where I've heard, at least anecdotally, of, uh, of a good launch to the, to the academic year have been where they've really given students the agency and the, you know, made clear their responsibility in their ability to continue uh, continue with in-person classes. Yeah. Um, but when we when we talk about you know the K-12 years, I think you know the last several months have really um, demonstrated for parents and students, uh, you know how how the kids how kids learn, and you know many parents are are acknowledging that 
um, their kids were are actually doing very well at, with a distance learning um, approach. Um, we're hearing about many parents who are talk, who are forming small micro schools or pods yeah. uh, with a smaller number of students, and um, many who have decided that homeschooling is a good option. And I think again, the the, the real learning here is that uh, K-12 education, you know, for over 100 years has been pretty much a one-size-fits-all, one-way-to-do-it approach. And um, this is, this is um, revealing that there's a desire for a lot more choices and a lot more opportunities um, depending on the students' and the families' needs. And uh, so school choice, something that I have long advocated for, is becoming a, a much more, uh, I think, popular topic based on current reality. You know, it, it's interesting you mention that because I think back to, to the experience that my kids had last spring, and, and obviously with the transition going from in-school to, to virtual, it was it was a challenge for a lot of people. It was very new, and to a degree, I think the hope is that the fall year uh, starting this year will be much better uh, when the virtual component is used. And the spring, this past spring, was kind of, and you hate, to, I guess, to say it this way, but it was a learning process for a lot of people of just how to try and do this. Yeah, it was It was very, very uneven this spring. And um, the figure that I saw and has been repeated often is um, about less than a quarter of students across the country actually had new material introduced to them. And you think about the fact, you know, a kid's only five once or eight once or, you know, 12 once, and you miss all of these months of learning, um, there, there's, there's a real, you know, challenge to ever being able to catch back up. And uh, not to mention the fact that for kids who are isolated from one another, you know, they're meant to be together. And uh, the isolation has taken its toll on so many of them um, from a, a mental health standpoint, for yeah. their social-emotional growth. And, and so um, the, going into the fall, it, it really is an imperative that students' um, needs be met by the schools that are supposed to be serving them. And if they're not able to meet those needs, whether it's in-person or virtual or a combination uh, if the schools are not able to meet those needs, parents should be able to take resources that are being spent on their kids and find a place that is going to work for them. So then how do you view the state of, of public education right now? And obviously knowing that you know public education for a long time was a, a very good entity. It has obviously been impacted uh, by budget cuts and, and a variety of different elements and, and it feels like at times that there is a way to be able to try and think about maybe adjusting to a degree what's being taught and, and how the process moves forward to improve public education so it can be the component, the positive component that it has been in years past. Sure. Well, we, we highly value education as a nation. And, uh, and, and, and again, I think the last six months have really uh, revealed the fact that the system that most students have been a part of has been a, a very um, static, one-size-fits-all system that is unable in way too many cases to pivot, to be nimble and flexible, and to adjust to new and different circumstances. 
And, and, and this, I think this is a good thing because I think it's going to really force changes that should have happened many years ago. And most of that's going to happen when families themselves are empowered to make those choices and those changes and those decisions. And uh, I think about a really important bill that's been introduced in both now both houses of Congress called School Choice Now, which would help families who, uh, who, who are more vulnerable and don't have the resources that many um, better off families have had to yeah. go and make these decisions on what's best for their child. This would empower many other families to be able to do the same thing. And uh, it, it was just introduced this week in the House, and there was bipartisan support in introducing the bill, and yet there hasn't been any mainstream media attention paid to it. Right. Uh, parents are demanding that they have choices, and whether the system wants to acknowledge it or not, um, is, is becoming less and less relevant because the demand is continuing to increase. Well, and, and don't you also have to tackle the issue of the digital divide as well in this process? Because as much as you know, we are seeing go online and virtual, especially with education, we need to make sure that everybody has the ability to be able to get online and have you know, uh, a, a level of Internet access that, that will work for them. That's right. And, uh, and for example, the School Choice Now uh, bill would allow for families to access resources to purchase those kinds of uh, technological assists and to find uh, the right curriculums and the right uh, approach to distance learning, if that's what they're choosing, for their children to be able to thrive in that environment. Um, but there, you know, again, the distance learning is being implemented in a very uneven way, or certainly was in the spring. Yeah. And I, uh, I suspect that there's going to be an unevenness for those choosing it, or for those for whom that is what they're offering this fall. And uh, you know, and students are going to suffer when it is not the right fit or the right solution for them. In terms of things being taught, one of the topics we've talked about on this show is financial literacy and, and having more financial uh, uh, components taught at the lower levels of school so the kids can be that much more ready when they get into high school and they get into college. Absolutely. This has been a, a subject that has been very under-addressed. And, uh, I mean, it's really clear when you look again at the uh, the reality at the higher ed level, how many students are taking out student loans for courses and, and uh, fields of study that uh, they, they then decide not to pursue, and yeah. yet they've uh, rolled up a lot of, uh, of student loan debt. Yeah. And, you know, there are too many of them that simply don't know how to make those, make those judgment calls and those calculations. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've long argued we should be starting to uh, expose kids to this in, in early elementary school. Secretary DeVos, thank you very much for your time uh, during your busy schedule. All the best to you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dan. Appreciate the opportunity to be with you. Thank you. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.